Welcome back to the Host Dispatch. I'm your host, Claire Bowman, and today I have a very special conversation to share with you in which Anar and I had the opportunity to interview the one and only Cecily Saylor. Cecily Saylor is a freelance writer and writing coach and the founder of Typewriter Tarot. Growing up an only child in a quiet home, Cecily fell in love at an early age with ghost stories, hidden realities, and anything mysterious and inexplicable. In 2017, she finally picked up a tarot deck and she quickly discovered the power of tarot as a tool for self-examination, guidance, and connection. Cecily created Typewriter Tarot to offer guidance and inspiration for creative spirits. In Cecily's own words, Tarot has shown me new truths about myself, new opportunities I might have missed, new invitations to create my life in more meaningful and authentic ways. I created Typewriter Tarot because I wanted to share that with others. Now this is a passion project for Cecily, and for Typewriter Tarot, she creates classes, she writes tarot poems called Mystic Messages, She offers meditations and rituals for her members on Patreon. We love the community that Cecily has created around Typewriter Tarot. And we also love that she is such a strong proponent of social and climate justice movements. Cecily donates 10% of Typewriter Tarot's monthly revenue to social and climate justice efforts. In 2020, her donations totaled $3,770 to organizations like the Austin Justice Coalition, Indigenous Earth Network, Ocean Conservancy, and Fund for Reparations Now. So Typewriter Tarot is here to help us nurture our creativity, live a creative life, and become more fully alive. And if you're interested in receiving Typewriter Tarot content, consider joining the membership program at patreon.com. Definitely stay tuned for more information about the next Wild Moon Tarot and Writing Retreat. And just head on over to typewritertarot.com for more information or follow them on Instagram at typewritertarot. We hope you enjoy this insightful conversation with Cecily Saylor. And as always, thanks for listening. Welcome. We're super excited to talk to you. And yeah, thank you for for being here. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. I'm so glad to talk to you both. I love talking to you. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun that we all know each other and we all are in some small way related to the typewriter tarot family. My joy, my joy. Yes. I'm lucky in that way. Yes. So Cecily, something I wanted to ask you just because you know, I have been around since the beginning, but I don't really know the origin story of typewriter tarot. And I'm curious to hear you speak about how you were inspired to create typewriter tarot in the first place. Um, Yeah, that question does have a story. I actually had a tarot deck for a really long time, probably for like 15 years which like lived in a box in my office and I didn't use it, even though I think I've always had like mystical tendencies. Like I love to read (laughs) ghost stories when I was a kid. I kind of suspected there might be more to this reality than like people let on, even though I haven't seen ghosts or had like psychic visions or anything like that. But I never used the deck because I kind of thought you had to be some super gifted person or have like a grandmother who handed it down to you like all this wisdom Mm -hmm. so yeah I I didn't use it for so long and a boyfriend of mine moved in and so there was like all this extra stuff in the home and we were going through a process of purging which I um demanded (laughs) and so (laughs) um because it's not a very big house but um In that process, he had some decks and there was one that was zombie themed. And I was like, we don't need this. I'm going to give this to my sister. 
who would be more into that. And so um, when I saw her, I was visiting her in Houston and we did a reading using the little guidebook and one of the spreads in there. And, you know, I know her incredibly well. We're very, very close. And she was going through, um, you know, a difficult situation and the card just like blew me away. I was like, oh, this is real. Because this is just like too good to be a coincidence. And about a year before that happened, I quit drinking. I had a drinking problem and I quit drinking and started like a healing journey that was very transformative for me, very powerful. And one that I previously hadn't really thought was possible Mm. for me. So yeah, I was kind of in this moment of like awe in my life and a lot of gratitude for the support that I'd been given and like the things that I was learning and the way that like I was able to help myself in new ways. And, you know, part of that was like a therapist, part of that was like group support. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to give back, like now that I had become a believer in transformation, I was like, what can I do to help more people kind of awaken to that possibility when they're feeling hopeless? Mm. And after that reading, I was like, I think this is my medium. Like I thought about becoming a therapist, but didn't really want to go to school again. And like all the debt, (laughs) I kind of had a career track. So tarot, you know, doesn't require (laughs) like extensive licensing. And it's a medium for like conversation and offering support. And so, yeah, it just felt like it really grabbed me by the shoulders and was like, we're going to do something together. And I started learning and practicing and then, then it became typewriter tarot. (laughs) Long story long. The thing that makes me giggle, Cecily, is the, then it became typewriter tarot. There's like a huge leap from getting into the cards to creating this whole tarot collective geared toward writers and creatives and it's such a beautiful and unique vision i'm just laughing because i know you're a capricorn and i know that actually in that one little sentence there's so much work and so much thought (laughs) and effort well honestly i think because i have capricorn sun capricorn moon taurus rising so just earth all over the place and i think part of me like really put the cart before the horse and i think Mm -hmm. i like wanted there to be an entity to hold myself accountable. And like, I'd become a little more fearless and willing to be like, I don't exactly know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go ahead and like put it out there in some way. And then there's a, I had just been through this process, like with recovery where accountability and having like more Mm. people know what you're doing makes you more inclined to like continue. And I think I was kind of like practicing that and just definitely got ahead of myself, but (laughs) <laughs> Some part of my Capricornness, I guess, like knew the rest of me would get on board. So yeah, and figure out the details as you go, which is really brave and also really cool because it leaves you open to the possibilities of what the concept can be. And it keeps growing and changing as time goes on. So it's really fun to watch. Yeah, I really think of it like for a while, I, you know, like, is this a side hustle? Is this a business? Mm-hmm. And now I kind of think of it like a project and I think it's become, you know, like I have a writing background and there was a time when I was like really aspiring to publish a book or a novel or thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. And I work with writing so much, even though I'm not like writing a novel or publishing stories, but this really became like a vessel for my cre- my creativity and in a nice Capricorn way, it works out that it does bring in some <laughs> revenue. So, but yeah, it really feels like a creative process and because I didn't really know exactly what I was doing or there wasn't like a specific model for doing this that gave me a lot of freedom to just do what felt interesting and Mm -hmm. do what seemed like could be of service to people Mm, I love that I got butterflies hearing you tell your origin story because like this is a mini empire that you're creating and Don't it's really too much in our- <laughs> it's really exciting um to just see the ways in which you're slowly branching out and you're feeding this empire and there's so many different elements that are coming together that 
you've been working towards for so long. Um, and I'm excited to hear more about all of it. Um, listeners, I have the honor to edit Cosmic Rescue for Cecily and the Typewriter Tarot YouTube channel. And I am a super Capricorn. And before I started editing the episodes, I kind of didn't understand how tarot could help me in my own creativity and my own life. Um, you know, I thought it was too magical and like not grounded or rigid enough. Um, but now it's like such an incredible and important part of my routine. And it's because Cecily, you do such an incredible job of just like giving the deck so much just like purpose and I just see it transform your conversations transform the creatives that you work with and um and that's just like one tiny part of of what you do with typewriter tarot I feel so lucky that you edit cosmic rescue because I didn't have like you know the energy or the time to keep it going after like the first four Mm. episodes that Um, I made but yeah it's a show where I talk to creative people about a creative problem and then we do a tarot reading using a spread that we designed specifically for that particular like concern so um, it was definitely a pandemic creative baby like you know how can I connect with more creative people who I know are really struggling like what is art mean when thousands of people are dying of an unexpected illness daily and um yeah so how how could I build a little community in some way how could I expand my community by reaching out to different artists and like what were the problems that people were really struggling with some of them were certainly like pandemic or not (laughs) definitely issues that creatives would all wrestle with at any Mm -hmm. given time and I think you know, I went to a creative writing graduate program, which was great in a lot of ways. And, you know, I've run creative writing programs that were like community-based and a lot of people are really concerned with like logistics or like process, like how much should I be writing? Should I be writing every day? Is something wrong with me if I'm not writing like this? And like, it's listening to all of these other creatives talk about like their process. And it's like, Mm. people think that if someone gives them like the right process that they can break through whatever's holding them back. And I think, you know, everyone's process is going to be different because we're all different. And I feel like tarot lets people explore what the barriers like actually are instead of trying to create a process that like solves it. It's like, what's there? Like what's troubling us? What makes us afraid? And like, what are we trying to sort through in our creative process? Cause that brings it a lot more meaning. You don't feel like you're just doing it because like you're supposed to, or like, what if you don't finish this, but you're actually intrinsically more connected to what you're making and why you're making it and what you want it to be when it grows up and <laughs> goes out into the world. <laughs> and I've noticed I started my personal therapy journey at the same time that I started my tarot and cosmic rescue journey with you. And um, so many of the questions that you ask your guests and so many of like the, uh, you send out these wonderful spreads um, every couple of weeks. And there are questions that my therapist is also asking me, um, except it's so much more fun when you have these beautiful art decks provoking Mm -hmm. this kind of thought. But yeah, there is this incredible therapeutic element to actually like digging deeper and having, having a reason for everything that you do, but also everything that you feel and trying to understand where it comes from. Yeah. I think, I don't know, to get a little deep or a little cheesy, not sure which, but I think (laughs) everyone maybe individually has like a reason to be here and something to bring to this planet. But I think probably another purpose that we all share is to like understand who we are. And the more we know about ourselves, not in like a obnoxious navel gazing way but the more like Mm -hmm. awareness we have about like what's happened to us and how that's impacted us and what we're afraid of and like what programming we received from the world and all of that like the more we get to choose 
what we want. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely constraints, but I think the struggle in life is like, am I supposed to be doing what the portrait that was painted for me of my life or does it look different according to me and how can I embrace that? Yeah, and I see this parallel between the way that tarot can help us as as creatives and as writers and the way that tarot can just help us with our wellness and mental health as people in that step one is always figuring out that the idea that there's a cause and effect relationship to everything or that there's a beginning, middle and end to everything or that there's something called progress where you know, you're thinking about that in linear terms or you're like, show me the proof positive that I am a writer, right? And that means getting these certain accolades or publications. Show me the proof positive that I am well. And that means like, I don't know, having a partner or having this certain kind of life or a certain relationship with other people. And that's not true. I feel like tarot is one of the best tools to learn how to just be in it all the time. And it's a lifelong process. And it's not to say we don't progress. It's just not linearly. (laughs) And you don't always have that proof positive because today I might draw the fool and tomorrow I might draw the world. And there's all these cards in between those two. And that's just to say that we're, we're accessing different parts of ourselves and different parts of our journey at different times. And all you can do is the work both in, you know, the writing and and in your life as just a, an emotional being um, is you just have to sit down and do the work. And sometimes it's really hard to just sit down and do the work. And sometimes it's really hard to just write one sentence. And instead of beating ourselves up about that, and that, of course, only leads to more blockage, it's great to be able to have this sort of portal where you just draw a card and let it speak to whatever you have going on at the moment. Um, And that might not be pretty and it might not be fun. It's just uh, a really wonderful way to like touch in. I think that's (laughs) beautifully said and very true. And I honestly think, I mean, in one sense, like the easy part about it is just taking a minute to like ask the question. That's really, you know, like we, we can live in a state of like, muddled emotion or like high reaction or a kind of state that's just kind of like settled over us and we don't know how to get out Mm -hmm. of it if you're gonna work with tarot at all you you can start with just a question an open-ended question which Mm -hmm. creates openness and puts you in a place of curiosity just by the very nature of having to formulate a question then whatever card shows up like whether you believe that it was like divinely picked out for you to see right this second or just like a random card that you pulled out of the stack of paper you can make a choice to be like what does this card ask me to see what does it have to do with me and like what if I just think about that for a day or a couple days or journal about it and like you know there's no expectation from tarot (laughs) you know you Mm -hmm. can do as little or as much as you want it's it's for you like you ask the question, you continue to ask the questions, more questions, more questions forever, which is part of like, I think why people avoid it because we don't always get definite answers, but we can see results just through the practice of like asking, being open, reflecting on what's here within us and without us. And, you know, the more you see, the more you can navigate through whatever path is helpful to you. You know, I think as we get older, we realize all of this stuff takes longer than we wish it would. Or it's not even that you get anywhere. It's the journey, right? To use the old cliche. And if you're going to be just on this journey, this lifelong journey, it's it's so wonderful to know that that actually that actually becomes a fun idea to me when I realize that I have tarot for that whole journey. And I don't have to worry about the fact that I'm not ever, quote unquote, getting anywhere. Um, I don't feel lost. Or if I do, it's okay because I realize that there's, like you said, there's stuff to be seen in being lost. There's stuff to be written about and created in being lost. Yeah, I think we have such a struggle with like not knowing. And I certainly remember when I was like 25 or 30 and I was like, I was supposed to have like all this stuff done and all this stuff figured out by this point. And it's like, 
oh, honey, like you're not going to even figure that out for like 10 more years. I'm sorry. But, but that was all right. Like, it's just mm-hmm. the whole idea that I was supposed to have achieved all of that wasn't real anyway. Um, or that I, that my life was supposed to look a certain way at that point was like too manufactured, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, when you can open up to the idea that like life is a wandering, <laughs> let me really get cliche, like some wandering yeah. river or some spiral, you know, then you release yourself from the like ladder you're always supposed to be climbing and climbing which is exhausting and usually doesn't make a lot of people very happy. And totally rooted in capitalism. Yes, thank you. Just is. <laughs> Amen. Claire. Well, I'm going to ask you a dumb question, Cecily. Um, I wanted to know, since we have you here, do you have any great recommendations for our listeners who are probably writers themselves for tarot decks to start with, um, especially geared towards people with creative practice of some kind? Yeah, deck selection is important and tricky. Um, the thing about tarot is like it's very transportable. It's pretty affordable compared to some things. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get the opportunity to explore different decks. And for me, I started with the Smith Rider weight deck because it was, you know, the most popular deck in America for a long time. And so there's been a lot written about it. It's kind of like the point of reference. And since I was like setting out to study, that was something that was helpful to me. It is, you know, outdated in terms of like Mm -hmm. representation, in terms of race, in terms of bodies, in terms of ability, in terms of gender. So there's a new interpretation called the Modern Witch Deck, which adheres really closely to the Smith Rider weight, but has is definitely more updated along all of those lines and really well done. I do encourage people to have a deck where almost all of the cards feature a human figure or like an animal or some kind of setting or story in the picture, because there are decks where like all of the minor arcana cards, like the four suits that go from an ace to a king, all of those cards or many of them will have just like the four cups on it. And there's really, mm-hmm. it's really hard to connect with like a picture of four cups versus a picture of three cups. Right. So um, finding a deck where there's a lot of illustration to help you connect with a story and more rich imagery is definitely going to be more rich and less frustrating there are just so many decks out there um i've heard so much about the modern witch deck so i think i need to check that out yeah it's great i definitely recommend it and i would also tell people that you know get a deck that you feel excited about it's hard to know because you don't get to look at all the cards usually before you buy a deck but if you can you know some shops will have a tester or whatever (laughs) that you can shuffle through but definitely you know if you're not if you're really not connecting with a deck then look for that one yeah and Anar and I were talking about this recently because she's recently started using tarot decks on her own but we can definitely bust that myth that you have to be gifted a deck to start out with that is not Not true true. I just waited and waited for so (laughs) long I waited my whole life I do like you know and I had heard that it's like, just get a deck. I think it was, Claire was just like, just get a deck you're really excited about. And I love just carnivals and circuses. And I got the carnival at the end of the world, which is kind of a scary deck, but I love it so much. (laughs) Um, But I do have to look up your cards, Cecily, because sometimes mine don't look anything like how you're describing, but... It is a lot of fun. Um, and then it all just kind of falls into place. You start to, you know, figure things out. Go- mm-hmm. Google. Yeah, you definitely need patience. It's a good teacher in terms of like sitting with not knowing because mm. there is a lot to mm, absorb. But, you know, another thing I encourage people to do is to just connect with the card on their own before looking to the guidebook, which is a little hypocritical because that's not exactly what I did all the time when I was learning. But um, tarot is a great practice for developing your intuition, which is a very powerful way of knowing and something that I think a lot of people 
can benefit from. Like it's really a shift in trusting yourself in a different way. Yeah. So just pulling a card and like looking at it, like making yourself look at it for a minute and absorbing everything that's there and seeing like, what do you connect to most? Is it a color? Is it a small part of the illustration? Is it the whole story? Does it bring up a memory? You know, cause guidebooks are like any, <laughs> any text. they're subjective, they're one person's point of view or they're an amalgamation of many different interpretations kind of brought together. And those may be perfectly relevant or one of them may be suitable, very suitable, but also give yourself a minute to like, see what comes through for you before looking like for the answer, you know? Yeah. But that deck sounds very cool. And all right, sound like, what a name. I love that. Circus at the end of the world. Carnival at the end of the world. Um, in pure like Capricorn fashion. I have expensive taste and I was like, <laughs> I want just like luxe. I want good paper. Um, I want art pieces. And I love this. Like Claire told me about it and I pulled the trigger so quickly. <laughs> Um, cool. the high priestess? So that's the high priestess. The pentacles in this deck are like little loaves of bread, aren't they? They are. And I think that's a perfect image for a pentacle. Yeah. Um, Resources. It's the earth element. Queen of pentacles. Oh, nice. She's like a fruitcake. Yeah. <laughs> She's a fruitcake. There's this like deer. It's beautiful. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is it even the cards that like should scare me? I've grown to love mm -hmm. and become really comfortable with um yeah I just I, I love just how crazy and like outlandish and surreal these images are they do almost look like surrealist paintings by like Leonora Carrington or Remedios Varro I think that's what I like about them so much mm. those are beautiful that is so cool yeah uh, I, I did see the Leonora Carrington um deck was an inspiration for some of these cards um that was interesting yeah it, you know learning about writers like leonora carrington learning that they had a tarot connection of some kind obviously a deep one because she painted the whole major arcana which is now well it was a deck you could buy i think they're actually sold out but um i didn't know that about her and it just is so affirming that this tarot writer connection thing is not new. It's been going on for a long time, our yeah. tarot creativity connection. Um, and it does almost feel, not that tarot is at all some kind of club you need to be initiated into, but it does almost feel like this kind of like mystical society of writers going back and back who also had this tarot practice that maybe people didn't know about. It, it just makes so much sense. Like, I mean, the decks themselves are a creation. You know, it's like a hand-held art gallery, basically, <laughs> that yeah. can tap into your psyche. It's pretty amazing. But um, yeah, I think creativity, I think, is about getting lost and like not knowing exactly what you're creating as you create it and asking big questions and trying to articulate the like nuance and strangeness of being human, which is what the decks are all trying to do is like describe human experience through these, mm -hmm. through these images and archetypes. So it's just a natural fit. It is. It's fascinating too, because we keep talking about accessing the unknown and asking questions, but also not really seeking answers. And I find that like a really... <sighs> I totally relate to that in terms of how I use tarot, but I'm just curious, like, what are we, what are we asking if we're not asking for answers? You know, what are we, what are we looking for just in general, but also as writers? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, Cause I think it would be annoying for listeners to be like, what, you just want me to ask a lot of questions like, <laughs> forever? Um, no, thanks. But <laughs> I'm trying to like get something done, but um <laughs> Yeah, no, I think there are answers. Like they're a way for, it's like an assist for you to locate the answer yourself or the answer that like serves you best. Not just the one that like has already been handed to you, but one that you journey inside to find. And so it doesn't really feel mm, 
you know, there's no book out there that just like tells you how to get through your life and which choices to make and like what you're supposed to do at what time or how it's all going to play out. Um, so that's just impossible to achieve. We don't get to know that, but I do think, and I've, you know, I've experienced it myself, but there's just a lot more knowing that we actually possess beyond mm. what our brains can think of intellectually and tarot will help you. It's kind of like a mirror or a portal or whatever, both that helps you pull out maybe an answer that you already suspected or pull you towards an answer that is, you know, that you're ready for. So I don't think it is without answers. It comes in this like knowing and it doesn't come in one fell swoop when you like look at a card and it's like, yep, you should take that job or no, definitely don't leave your partner or whatever. It helps you know what you're hungering for or like what kind of measuring stick or guideposts you can kind of yeah. turn toward. And there's a good chance usually, especially like when I give readings for people, a lot of it is just validating. Like it's things that they wanted to believe, but they're like too afraid to trust. And so when it shows up in a random card, there is the sense that like, okay, maybe I'm not crazy or like overly fantastical, you know, maybe it's legit to like want this or imagine this. I love that. It gives you a lot of validation. And I wonder, I'm sure that there's some feminist crossover in this idea or in this statement, but as women, or I could speak for myself as a woman, um, I'm so hungry for confirmation and validation. And I am trained and was shaped to ask for permission and yeah. to be just like validated and look for positive reinforcement all the time. And I'm trying to release myself from the shackles of, you know, asking a question and then looking to a man um, to confirm. And I do love that with tarot, you have this ritual where it's just you and all of the interpretation and the answers, you carry it with you. And one of my favorite questions, Cecily, that you ask some of your guests is sometimes you bring in um, ancestors into your questions. And I love that because, you know, I can validate myself in this ritual, but I also love that it's just like, I can imagine centuries of people that love me mm. just being like, yes, ride that fire horse to the next fire. <laughs> um, I pull the, is it the Knight of Swords? Which one's the one that's always on fire? In your deck? I would think that's the Knight of Wands, but I'm not sure. Your deck is crazy. <laughs> okay. okay, I think it's the Knight of Wands. Um, I pull a fire horse Ooh. like every time I ask <laughs> questions to my ancestors, which really tracks with uh, the recklessness of my family history. But, um, but I do love that it's for you to have an experience with yourself mm. um, and all of the versions of yourself that came before and will come after this moment. Um, sometimes you bring in the squad, you know? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you know, you'll hear mystics of like different stripes, like talk about their spiritual team. And, you know, I don't really have like specifics on that for myself. Like I do address when I'm like doing ritual, I address my ancestors, I address the goddess, I address the teachers and masters and guides and the animals and the minerals and my body and mm. the earth. And yeah, I don't have like a blue spirit from this planet, you know, like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but um, I know I'm supported by all those things. And I think the ancestor part is so powerful because I think we forget that there were so many more people who lived full, challenged, difficult, exuberant lives before us to bring us here. And I do think, you know, they have a stake in your success. They want you to live in ways that they were not able to because of how the world was or because of, it's also made me, um, focus on the idea of ancestors more so, which brings it out of like this individualism. And I've been thinking about, to your point about a patriarchy and our, that like, what have my mom and my grandmother grown up with that is different from me? Like I certainly 
certainly aware of the patriarchy and it has shown <laughs> up in my life, but um, in terms of like the expectation of marriage or the expectations around divorce or dissolving a marriage yeah. and raising children and working. Right now I live in a home that I own. I live here by myself. Um, I pay for it myself. I'm 42. I don't have children. I'm not married. And even if none of the women ascendant in my lineage would have wanted this for themselves, like a lot of them didn't really get to imagine a life like a weird spinster yeah. or you, you know, no one wanted you or like what, you're never going to be a mother, you know, like what is the purpose of your life? But I get to know what it's like to be a woman and be autonomous in a way that my ancestors didn't. Mm -hmm. And I also think about my life as a way of healing some of the unfortunate karma of white ancestors or ancestors with a lineage of addiction, you know, like me getting sober doesn't change the fact that like my grandfathers were alcoholics until they died or, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But I think it does have an energetic to get a little too metaphysical here. I do think it has an energetic reverberation, like back down the line. And it just makes the choices I make feel that much more powerful. And I think it's good to like honor the yes. choices you're making and how it plays out in a bigger timeline than just your year or your lifetime, yeah. but also like a whole something that's like so much longer than you can even imagine. Um, and I feel like when I ask that question, like what's a message from your ancestors, the answers are like so beautiful. They are mm -hmm. so empowering more than any other part of the reading. And that's usually like, I do it last. And the messages that come through are just like so loving, like you got this, like you're powerful. Like they know, <laughs> they can see how much potential there is in a way that we often forget. And I think that comes through. So it only makes me more of a believer. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think I think tarot is through one avenue or another a way for us to begin realizing things about ourselves. And one of those things is often that we are woven into a much bigger tapestry than what we see in our own lives and to just have an awareness of that past present future right the classic three card spread um just to have an awareness of your little stitch you're just a little stitch in that embroidery right and you may not love all the other stitches that are part of your ancestry and and your cloth but it is part of who you are and then the choices that you make and the life that you choose to live somehow changes that past in a way, right? Like it's it becomes different by context. So the story changes as it evolves. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to add, too, that like there are many people who don't have the privilege of being able to really like know who their ancestors were or where they came from or when they yep. came from one place to another because of colonialism which is a, like a devastating opportunity to, to lose. But I do think with tarot, you can ask and address your ancestors, even though you don't know who they are, like you can yeah. still hear them. You can still invite them to speak with you, even if you can't find documentation of their yeah. names and that yeah. kind of thing. And I don't think that's necessarily, that's not like a perfect replacement, but right. um, it is still a phone <laughs> you can pick up, you know? Yeah. And a path of healing, hopefully. And I think they will communicate information that we might not even find in documents like I've I know people who I was just talking to someone yesterday who described like an ancestor dream where in the dream they like fell into another time and the scene and they were like I knew that was that was my ancestors like that wasn't me they were showing me what it was like for them wow um, yeah, there's still That's other so ways. Cool. So. Cecily, we wanted to ask you about the Wild Moon Retreat. Yes. I know you've just had a session. Um, is that something that you can tell us more about? And also, will you be doing more in the future? Yes, I would love to talk about that. Thank you. Um, yes, we just had a retreat on Saturday. And this was our second retreat. So the first one we did is in November of 2019. It was a weekend retreat focused on tarot and writing. And then we had one scheduled for spring 2020, but of course that did not come to fruition. And um, this one we had on Saturday was a one day retreat, kind of shorter, sweeter, especially in COVID times. So um, yeah, it's at a space, it's called Ruby Retreats. It's near Wimberley, it's in the hill country. 
Texas Hill Country. And yeah, we kind of focused on autumn themes, you know, like moving into winter, moving into longer nights, moving into the season of like quiet and solitude and also a time of, this is the death cycle of the earth's life cycle in winter and how we can kind of embrace that in a way that is rich and meaningful for us without getting too afraid. I think death is a scary, obviously a scary thing, but something we avoid, but there's a way to yeah. like work with that metaphorically, journeying into the underworld in a metaphorical sense. And so I um, collaborate with Claire Campbell, who is the founder of Bluestone Writers, and Claire is a writer herself and um, a, a writing coach. And um, we've taught in creative writing programs together. We've known each other for several years. So we each kind of led a session that included writing prompts, pulling tarot cards. There was yin yoga. There were nature walks um, and a really beautiful community and a closing ceremony out in this little circular amphitheater under the moon, which is almost full. Mm. So, oh yeah, my God, really <laughs> I need this so bad that so sounds soon. amazing <laughs> we're doing another one in january on january 15 oh my gosh yeah we should go in our yes new year is like just the best yes i love we'll it we'll be focused on that that turning of that part of the wheel of the year yeah. so january 15th 2022 and we can go to com for more details yes cool Oh, and we hope to do so more after that. So when the it's... weather isn't too extreme. Yeah. And in the new year, we can also expect a brand new website for Typewriter Tarot. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about what we can look forward to um, on the new site? I mean, I don't want to hype up a website too much. <laughs> um, but my my buddy, Jim, who's a photographer that I worked with for a couple of years, in my, yeah, my day job situation. Um, Jim is a beautiful photographer, so he's taken some cool pictures. Those are going to freshen up the site. And part of what's been shifting and evolving with Typewriter Tarot is really focusing more on serving creative people mm-hmm. and with the assumption that all people are creative. You know, we've done, and Claire, we're late in mentioning this, but Claire, you have been involved from the beginning and have been a tarot reader with typewriter tarot, like part of the initial concept is like this collective um, of writers who love tarot. And yeah, so originally it's like, we provide tarot readings, we can do tarot at events. And there was some creative infusion and all of that, but it was a little unspecific, I think. And now I'm really trying to like turn the mini empire toward the, um, the the creative arena more exclusively still yeah. doing events and all that stuff but really like providing more resources in that regard and like serving the hungry creatives out there giving yeah. them support and more instruction for how to use tarot and a little community too because you also started the patreon which yes. is not only helpful in terms of um, keeping typewriter tarot going, but also it's a, it's kind of a little community in and of itself um, where people can share in the same creative meditations and tarot spreads and writing prompts. Yes, which you also contribute to. Claire makes beautiful, beautiful meditations for Thank the Patreon. You. Community building is really important, something I really care about. So, you know, I'm still learning how to be really good at that but it's been really wonderful to bring together people who love tarot who love you know who have creative lives yeah and it's great for them to meet each other like it's hard out Mm -hmm. there for the creative spirit so the more we can lean on each other and connect the better off we'll be it's so cool to see it evolve over time too and how many different ways people can connect through typewriter tarot now that there's Cosmic Rescue on YouTube, and that's a way that you're engaging with um, creative people, and, and then the retreats and um, the Patreon, it just seems like there's there's always something new on the horizon with Typewriter Tarot. Yes, ever evolving. We're going to be having, there's going to be um, a coaching offering too. Yeah, coaching for creatives if you need like a few months of deeper support, that mm. will be available in 2022 so I'm excited about that we would love for you to do a reading for our 
audience. Yes. Let's do like the classic, what are we moving through right now? Kind of a spread. I'm going to ask the cards to predict what are we moving through now, all of us, when Mm -hmm. the podcast gets listened to by various people at various times. Hey, we've already established time is not a linear thing. Time is a construct. (laughs) Exactly. It's all right now. It's all the future. What are we moving through? I'm going to pull three cards. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'm using this deck called the Interim Tarot. Oh, right cool. Now. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, you'll like I think I like it. So the first card I have is the Six of Cups, which uh, so the cups are associated with the heart. So each of the suits is associated with a different aspect of human experience. And the cups focus on our emotional experience and mm. The six, sixes are really like solid numbers. And um, I just, I really love this card. This is like one of the, one of the cards that gets me a little teary, but it is yeah. a card of community building. And in the traditional deck, there are two children handing off a flower pot to one another. And behind them is a village that looks very safe and very comforting, very warm. And I really associate this with what does your community look like? How do people in the community care for each other? How is it, in what ways is it egalitarian or not? Um, There's like the suggestion in the card that you can't really tell like who's giving the flower and who's receiving it. And it kind Mm -hmm. of doesn't matter because it's all circulating through the village because everyone is contributing. And there's like the sense of safety and being contained Um, But it's through like the connections of the people who exist there. So it's a really like communal kind of love. So Mm -hmm. I think those are questions we should be asking ourselves. How, how are we contributing to that community and how are we nurturing it? Yeah. It's like, how are we expressing love to the people in our community? I have to remind myself about that all the time that I can feel all of these beautiful feelings of love and and safety and connection with people. And if I'm not expressing it, they might not know <laughs> exactly <laughs> that those feelings exist. Yeah, and I think we also get caught up in um, you know, couple the couple kind of love where it's like you give your love to one person, but what's your village? You know, you mm-hmm. need to rely on more more people. And that kind of love, I think, is just as valuable as the romantic kind. So um, our next card is the page of discs or the page of pentacles. It's a really nice card for like moving into 2022. Um, the pentacles or the discs are the earth element and earth is about resources. Earth moves gradually it's my Capricorn element. Um, So yeah, what kind of like financial support do you have, but what other kinds of resources in terms of like housing, food, also community relationships and ancestry as well. But the page is always kind of like a beginner who's taking up a new project or a new undertaking and ready to keep learning and growing in their mastery yeah, like working with this kind of the seed of something and what will you create? What learning journey yeah. are you embarking on? What ideas or fantasies do you, or visions do you have about um, growing, growing something through your learning experience, through repetition, through teachers being, being taught? And then um, our last card is the six of wands, which another six. Wow. Yeah, and the wands are the fire sign. And fire is like our vitality, our life force. It's associated with like adventure, sensuality, feeling the body. And the six, another, you know, that stable number in this card, you have a figure right, almost like a flaming horse. (laughs) Yeah, I feel my ancestors intervening. They will find a way to get through you when you're not asking. Yeah, this person on horseback and they're like returning to their village, to their community and have accomplished something. And like there's a cape flowing. Um, The other people in the community are lifting up these flaming wands in celebration. And yeah, this is a really lovely, hopeful reading. It's Mm -hmm. like, what does your community look like? How do you want to nurture it? 
what do you want to be growing and learning and building and this kind of like promise of achievement or mission accomplished fulfillment and not just for I like six of wands because it isn't just like I did it like Mm -hmm. yes me 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 it's like I did it and I did it for my community and so I think this is I mean this feels really important now like I think community building is the only way we're going to survive climate crisis and systemic breakdown to get a little dark about it yeah no that's real (laughs) We've been a really independently minded country. And, you know, if we all did a little bit more to ask, like, what can we bring forward? I think we'd all be stronger for it. Yeah. And I think the Six of Wands is also here to just ask us, what do we have right now that we can celebrate? And of course, there's always something. And, um, Anar and I are celebrating you today, Cecily, and the time that we get to spend with you. And it just always feels, it feels so nourishing and wonderful to talk about tarot with you. Well, I celebrate your podcast in return. And before we sign off, I want to come back to Six of Wands really quick and the point yeah. you make about celebration. <laughs> and yeah, like what's here that we can celebrate right now? But I also think it's just so important to celebrate little things like we live in this world of like climbing the ladder and success and achievement and we think those are supposed to be like really big deals like oh you got a book deal or mm-hmm. someone buy your art or you you know there's a dealer who's going to take it or whatever but um there are much smaller successes that we can celebrate and i think when we celebrate those smaller achievements or just the things that feel good to us we actually like invite more goodness totally yeah Anyway, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you both always. Thank you, Cecily. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much. 